Execute Order 66 Welcome back to another edition, the Nerf Herder edition of the Order 66 podcast. I am GM Dave. And I am GM Chris. The Nerf Herder edition? We're talking about scoundrels, my friend. We are. So we're talking about scruffy looking Nerf Herders, we're honestly. Talking. <laughs> That's right. How yes. was your weekend? It was good, man. How was yours? I just I just got through watching uh, watching the Giants whoop up on the Pats. The Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah. By the way, if you are from New England, um, I'm sorry. And if you're from New York, I'm glad you guys won. I just, yeah, it tickled me. What can I say? As much as I hate the Miami Dolphins and their little 16-0 and and their little party that when somebody, or 17-0 and their little party when the last undefeated loses, I'm sorry, Boston, but I just hate them more <laughs> well uh <laughs> as much as i could love to sit here and talk about football with you it is a different podcast it and is. uh we are here to talk about star wars so what is up gamer nation thanks for tuning in again uh, we want to thank all of you so much for taking the time to subscribe and, and register we've had so many people downloading the podcast the support has just been pretty pretty amazing to see i will have to echo that sentiment as well we are getting more posts every day on our forum, which uh, www.d20radio.com slash forum. Uh, we're getting a few emails trickling in with uh, requests for the show, and as a matter of fact, giving us a very good idea for the docking bay this week. Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, of course, we are working on the possibility of a phone uh, number, but uh, that is still, as of yet, untapped. Untapped, untapped. But we got a lot of good plans for the future, and I really want to thank you. As Dave said, our emails have kind of slowed down. We've only been getting a few, and, and it looks like the most of you have been posting on our forum, and that's really what we would kind of prefer, just because we don't want to be the only ones that see what you have to say. But of course, you're welcome to email us at, as Dave said, if you're not much of a forum poster, and you can email us at gmchris at d20radio.com or gmdave at d20radio.com. That is correct. Hey, I want to send a shout out to Keith Garrett. I don't think he'll really care that we mentioned his name because his whole name is, is user ID on our forum at uh, <laughs> letthewookiewin.com. What a great name for a blog. <laughs> yes, it is. Keith's blog is absolutely fantastic. Um, if you're a Star Wars fan or a gamer in general, I really recommend checking it out. It's just a lot of fun. And uh, Keith, thank you for putting up a, a link to the Order 66 podcast. We much appreciate it. And uh, you know, building this gamer community is just a wonderful thing. So thanks. That's right. We love your site, and we absolutely love the fact that we're getting traffic from your site as well. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty talented writer for uh, the RPG community. So, 
I was very, I was actually very impressed. And speaking of the RPG community, we want to give out another shout out to if, if you are in the Dallas area, and we understand we have listeners from all over the world. Uh, but if you are in the DFW area, uh, check out DFWD20.com. It is a forum uh, for DFW area gamers. Um, and since uh, obviously Dave and I, have, we've mentioned, are from the DFW area, uh, we tend to lurk on that forum quite a bit. And uh, they have also graciously uh, put up a post to the Order 66 podcast. But if you're a DFW gamer, you're in the North Texas area, uh, we recommend going there and uh, signing up and getting some good forum discussion going from other DFW gamers. That's right. Here we're about four minutes into the show, and I'm going to have to apologize on the technical side because I re- just realized that I was over-modulating on my mic. So for the first four minutes, if I came across really loud, I'm sorry, Gamer Nation, but it's fixed. <laughs> well, that's fine. Tech issues going again. If it was annoying you, please email bitching and whining, all bitching and whining to gmdave at d20radio.com. Actually, we have an email address now, bitching and whining at d20radio.com. Oh, that's but, beautiful. Uh, it'll bounce, so no one it'll will ever bounce. read it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, do we have any mail? I think we just might. Hang on here. Let me look oh, through the mail. Hey. I got something right here with an Imperial Post stamp on it. I haven't seen this because I was out of town at my daughter's soccer tournament this weekend. Yes, you were. I understand they did pretty well. Congratulations, by the way. Undefeated. Undefeated. Well, you can take a look at this now. Take a look at this. Because I think it's about time for... From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody. Okay, let's see what we have from the commander. Well, this is a beautifully uh, gold filigreed postcard, and uh, there is some type of cityscape on the front of it, and it says, Greetings from the overly hospitable planet of Naboo. Does it really say overly hospitable? Yes, it does. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see what we got. Oh, It's not from a Gungan, is it? No, it's from Cody. It's All from right. Cody. But, but let's see if he's encountered any. You know, I, I'd be interested to see. Uh, he says, uh, uh, Dear GM Chris and GM Dave. He put my name first. <laughs> yeah, I know that's uh, important to you. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He says, uh, This week we have been on the planet of Naboo. He misspelled Naboo. Uh, I How think. do you misspell Naboo? I don't know. He has an extra O. Three O's. What a dork, I guess. What a dork. Um, We have been clearing land and water for Imperial Brigade storage. And the locals are getting a little upset. But we do not worry ourselves too much because we cannot understand what they say. (laughs) Okay. Um... One of them called me a Nusabada, and I laughed at him, and the other clones laughed, too. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, General Kenobi says, we needn't worry because Lucas has written them off. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but it sounds bad. I love it. That's great. Okay. Um, Yeah, I guess so. Um, if you go to Naboo in the future, please stay away from the water and try hard to avoid the funny creatures there. Your friend, 
Commander Cody. And uh, it looks like the, the signature's a little smudged with some type of sticky saliva. I'm not sure well, from from what. Great. Perfect. Eh. Eh. Well, hey, that was a little bit more entertaining than the last few. Slightly. Slightly. Well, thank you, Cody. Uh, this one's going to go up on the bulletin board. And, and uh, please, uh, you know, have fun traveling around the galaxy. Be safe. Say hello to the other clones. And uh, we look forward to getting your next postcard, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Cody. Thank you, thank you. Well, with that, I think it's time to move into the main focus of our show today. Uh, as you know, this will be the third installment of our class discussion, where we're going to be discussing some classes in the book. Now, this is actually, I understand, Dave, going to be one of the last class discussions for a while. Next week, we're going to take a break from our class discussions to really delve into some of the, uh, oh, the listener suggestions we've gotten on the forums. Yes, and I can't wait to oh drop the shroud on that after we finish up with the scoundrel. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm excited about the Scoundrel. Now, the Scoundrel is always one of the most sought-after played classes, you know. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Han Solo is usually one of the iconic Star Wars characters. You know, when Lando. people think Star Wars, they think of, of, you know, lightsabers and Jedi and, you know, all, you know, Yoda and Ewoks and Wookiees. But for some people out there, for some gamers, especially some of the guys I game with, their idol and the icon they think of when they think of the Star Wars Saga universe Watto. is none other than than oh, no, not Watto, but Han Solo, <laughs> uh, as well as the other scoundrels. So we're going to take a moment to talk about some basic scoundrel builds and how to optimize them. Um, we're going to talk first about building a better scoundrel, and uh, then we're going to move into the the various types of of, of scoundrel you can make. And uh, we're going to focus our discussion on some uh, basic handbook stuff as well as some of the new stuff that has come out in the Errata, as well as has also been republished in hard copy wonderfully, thankfully, thank you, Wizards of the Coast, in the new Starships of the Galaxy book that has been released. So. Righto. Righto. Well, we're going to, for ease, uh, because the the builds can be really different depending on how you want to play it, I would say, and maybe, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me, Dave, the Scoundrel is a pretty versatile class. Um, there's, a, there's a lot you can go, a lot of places you can go with it, and I think that's always been kind of the main focus of the class. Kind of like the Noble uh, from last week. Kind of like the Noble from last week, yeah. But I mean, whereas I personally think the Noble's you know very much a skill monkey support character that type. You know, the, the Noble doesn't make a really good attack character. No, not at all. It, it just doesn't work. However, the Scoundrel can. Uh, the Scoundrel can also be an amazing skill monkey. They can also be you know a, a mechanic, a, an amazing pilot, um, you know, a spacer. I think there's just a lot more avenue open to them in, in certain circumstances. But we're going to focus on three main builds. Now, I want to point out first of all that these three builds are very generalized builds. Most scoundrels people play are going to be mixes of these three things. They're going to be none of the above, but if you have an image or an idea of an iconic scoundrel in your mind from the Star Wars universe, it may just be one of these three. So Dave, what's the first bill that we're going to focus on here? We are going to, and these are self-titled by the way, you're not going to find these in the book anywhere. The first thing we're going to talk about is the Striker, or aka Han Shoots first, which he really did. Yes, he really did. Yes, he really did. We call this the Han Shoots first build because the Scoundrel can be used incredibly effectively as a combat character. I mean, although the Soldier and the Jedi may have more straightforward combat abilities, the Scoundrel has some excellent combat options. And, I mean, many of which, especially if you couple in a level or two in Soldier, so you can get some of the Soldier talents, which we're going to discuss at a later time, they become even better. But on top of that, you are a skillful character. You have a decent number of trained skills. Um, the only negative to being a combat-oriented character is, uh, and being a striker, is that you are a bit squishy. You know, you have a d6 hit die, you got the worst hit points in the game, so we're also going to focus on some ways if you're going to make this build to help overcome that. Right. 
Well, let's start by talking out, uh, sort of laying out the striker in terms of your best stats. Um, unarguably, the number one stat you're going to want to pad if you've got a high roll, where to put it, or where to put your most uh, points when you're doing a point buy, is going to be in dex. Uh, dexterity will not only affect your reflex defense, which is something that's really important since you don't have you know too many hit points and you are a squishy character, but also if you're going to be a striker, you're going to be using a ranged weapon. And it's one of those things that, you know, that that's going to affect your attack roll. You don't have a great base attack bonus. Pad your dex. Uh, number two is also going to be your it's going to be your constitution score, mostly because your fortitude defense really does suck, and you need to improve that any way you can, as well as your hit points. And number three would probably be your intelligence, strictly because you know, hey, you are a skillful character. If you're playing the striker, that is not your primary focus, but you know, take advantage of it. Give yourself more trained skills. It, it can it can really help things. Uh, but ultimately, remember, if you're playing the striker, you are a range fighter, period. Uh, you start with point-blank shot as a starting feat for a scoundrel. And that is awesome, because that is the prerequisite for a precise shot, which, of course, allows you to shoot into melee without taking a minus five to your attack roll. So that's just fantastic. You don't have to waste a feat on that. And remember, remember, I have to explain this to players in every game, and we, we, just, we just ran one yesterday, and I have to explain this to players who've played you know, D&D or, or Modern or other games point blank shot is not limited to six squares so many people are used to that point blank shot because within 30 feet that's not the case point blank shot is point blank shot remember that every single weapon category in pistols it's it's actually 20 squares for a pistol um is within point blank shot so if you have this feat you're gonna get a plus one to your attack roll if you're within 20 squares that is quite a distance away so just keep that in mind now, Dave, what would you recommend for the, the best race for a striker? Personally, because in the movies you're going to see one of the, the two central characters that are absolute scoundrels are both humans, being Lando and Han. Han. I would say, Absolutely. yeah, human. Anybody that gets a dex, a plus dex. Um, that's that's true. Yes, you know, any, any any race that gets a, that yeah. gets a dex. And then uh, what Duros I think gets a gets a plus to int and the dex. So that's true. And you know, in the if you know if you read any of the Star Wars fiction and stuff, if you get in there, Duros have actually a, a really pretty decent criminal empire and a history of spacing. So that that actually goes for a really good fit. But again, I agree with you. Human, you know, not just because it's the iconic scoundrel role, but I mean, you know, a bonus feat, bonus train skill. It's kind of hard to go wrong with that. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty good. Humans are kind of like the rats of space. They are they are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty good. But I, yeah, I th- one of the thing I'd like to, I think I'm going to experiment. And and I was, you know, had I not gone out of town with our soccer tournament, I was going to experiment with a scoundrel or a noble. I didn't know which, but a zabrak. I think a Zabrak is a very interesting choice, especially if you're going to play a combat-oriented scoundrel um, or noble because of the fact that their racial abilities, uh, they have that plus one to... Basically, they get improved They get improved defenses, the feat, as a racial ability, although it's not called that. They just get a racial plus one to every right. every defense. And so you could actually, at first level, even take you know improved defense, the feat, which means at first level, regardless of the, of the class you take, you're going to have a plus two to every single defense, and that's going to put you ahead of the game, which is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Zabrak myself. I think they're pretty hardy, hardy people. Right. So, very cool. But when you're making a scoundrel, you know, if you don't want to go for a human, I mean, obviously the best choices are going to be stuff that gives you a bonus to dexterity or intelligence. As Dave mentioned, Duros are awesome. They have a bonus to both. They're the only race to have a bonus to both intelligence and dexterity. Um, and, the, you know, but pretty much any dex race. Um, 
also, if you, you know, obviously we say con is the the next most important stat after dex. It is worth noting that most races that have a bonus to dexterity do have a minus in constitution. There's only uh, one or two that do not have a minus to constitution, and there is no race out there that has a bonus to both dex and con. So if you're looking for both, we're sorry. 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 Uh, moving on, when you're building that striker, best skill choices. Uh, you have a pretty decent skill selection, but um, honestly, my number one recommendation would probably be initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for one reason only. If you're, and we're going to get into talents here in a second, but uh, if you're working on you know sneak attack or dastardly strike, a lot of things revolve around you catching an opponent flat-footed. And one of the easiest ways to do that, aside from hiding and using stealth, of course, is to go first in combat that very first round. So padding up and training in your initiative skill uh, can really help out with that. I mean, acting first in combat will also help save your butt if you are a squishy character. So I recommend initiative as a primary skill to train in. Uh, following that, stealth. Goodness, you know, hide. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're shooting from the shadows, you are you know have a really good chance of catching your opponent flat-footed as well. And it, it really fits the character role as well. And uh, lastly, you're one of two classes that is able to train in the acrobatic skill. So for Pete's sake, do it. The benefits the acrobatic skill can afford you are great. Um, most notably, tumbling can get you out of some really sticky situations. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, Dave, you commented on this when you were talking about your noble build that you, you know, for for a combat noble, you really enjoyed the misfortune talent tree. There's there's a lot of there there's a lot of talents that are that are there and that are available, and it's kind of interesting. They have they have a fortune tree and a misfortune talent tree, but for the the rogue, uh, excuse me, you know, the, the roguely rolls and the, the scoundrel in this case, you'd mentioned that the misfortune contains both sneak attack and dastardly strike, and, and you'd expressed to me you know weren't sure what's better when you know when opponents flat footed either you know giving that extra d6 of damage or moving them a step down the condition track. Did you ever decide on which one you you would prefer? I mean, did did you did you you know make a preference in that regard? Well, much like my idol, Admiral Yamamoto. The sneak attack, really? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. You're going for? I I think you know it's it's a very it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to make. Now it is worth noting you do have to be within six squares of the target to sneak attack, so it's not just point blank range. You got to be within within six squares, and it's one of those things. It's been explained to me, and I, I think you know this is what we were talking about. Sometimes the best defense is a good offense, and that extra d6 of damage, especially if you take this talent multiple times, can really bump them down. The, you know, I mean, can, can can just kill them and knock them down. Bumping them down the condition track is fantastic, and dastardly strike is wonderful. Um, you can also also there's there's no. Uh, there's no range limit involved, and it's one of those things. You know, if you're able to use a heavy weapon that does enough damage to move them down the condition track anyway, you can move them two steps down the track with dastardly strike. But you know, that would you know, compared to that to just taking them out of the fight personally, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, move them down or take them out. Right. Um, you know, and you know, it, so honestly, if you're going to build this type of build, that striker, um, I would recommend you know, best talents would be either. One one of those two from the misfortune talent tree, um, either the dastardly strike or the the, the sneak attack. I think it's fantastic. Um, other good things from that talent tree. There's the skirmisher talent where you know if you can move at least two squares before you attack, um, you're going to get a plus one to your attack roll. Uh, all your attack rolls for the start of the next turn, and uh, I think I think that's fantastic. But uh, aside from that. Uh, there's one other talent that you can really benefit from, which is Lucky Shot, which, of course, once a day allows you to re-roll an attack roll. Um, and you can actually take that multiple times. So, I mean, I've seen Scoundrel builds that have this talent, you know, three, four times, and, you know, they can re-roll an attack, you know, three, four times a day. That's really handy. That's really handy. 
Well, we've already also talked about the fact that a, a scoundrel will start with point-blank shot. In terms of the best feat, it's kind of a no-brainer to move into precise shot as one of your first feats, especially oh, yeah. if you have a melee character. I think, Dave, you can attest to that from playing so many uh, strong melee soldiers, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And precise shot, going back, throwback to the old rule set, uh, precise shot was a probably, I don't know, I think just about every time I took precise shot after my point-blank shot. So it, it just is a very logical progression, and um, I don't know why you would really consider anything else, but that's my point of view. Yeah, and, and it, makes, it makes perfect sense. That's that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, that should be really your first choice for if, if you're making a striker, a combat-oriented rogue. Um, second shot, uh, second feat, I would kind of put up as a toss-up. You know, one of the things that hurts you if you are playing a combat-oriented rogue, uh, a combat-oriented scoundrel, if you're playing the striker build, is the fact that you do have a crappy base attack bonus, at least compared to, you know, a soldier or a Jedi. So there's a couple ways you can compensate for that. Uh, Point-blank shot is a great way to do so, but if you are able to take weapon focus, you can even get another plus one. But keep in mind, the only issue with weapon focus is the fact that you have to specify a type of of weapon. Now you're only proficient with pistols anyway. So if you're going to go for a straight scoundrel build, you know, you're, you're obviously you're just going to pick pistols. Um, but that may hamper you if you want to be more of a, uh, a switcheroo in terms of a weapon specialist. But also in close tie with weapon focus for me would be far shot, just because of the fact that you know if you <laughs> if you are a squishy character, if you want to avoid damage, um, one of the best ways to do that is by staying far away from your enemy. And uh, if you can stay really far away and avoid penalties for shooting from that far away, far shot is a, a pretty good build. Right. Uh, a pretty good build choice. And I love Sniper, or Deadeye. Oh, you both. Yeah, they're they're incredible. Um, now, it is worth noting, and because you, you mentioned you were wanting to build up to that, um, it is worth noting that you do need to have a plus four base attack bonus as a prerequisite to get either one of them. But you know, Dead Eye makes use of the aim action. You know, for those of you who aren't familiar, if you, you know you can spend two swift actions to aim and ignore uh, the effects of of cover. Um, and if you do so by aiming and you have the Dead Eye feat, you're also going to increase your damage output, uh, which is really really fantastic. Since uh, you know, you're obviously the the rules, unlike other RPGs, don't favor multiple attacks. Uh, you, you know, m take every advantage you can to get more damage out of a single attack when you can make it. Um, and Sniper, also uh, at later levels, is is really going to help you out by allowing you to, to overcome a lot of the effects of, of, of ranged combat. And so, yeah, I think those are both excellent choices. Right. Excellent choices. Let's move well, what's on. What's the second eh? build? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's talk about what we call the Space Monkey. <laughs> Space Monkey, or the pilot, this bucket yeah. of bolts is the fastest ship in the galaxy build. Um, this is yeah, this is your basic pilot, um, and a little bit more than that. Also, maybe your mechanic or your slicer. I think Chewie is an excellent example of this. Right. Um, often, you know, not thought of as a as a as a scoundrel. He he really is. This is a person who can who can fly the ship, keep the bucket of bolts running in the air, maybe hack into the holonet if they need to. Um, and you know, there's different ways you can take it, but. Uh, Obviously, in terms of your best stat selection, you're going to want to go, depending, you're going to want to go either dexterity or intelligence as your primary stat. If you're going to be an ace pilot, dexterity all the way. Um, if you're going to be more of a mechanic or a tech specialist, you're going to want to go intelligence. And then, obviously, your second stat would be whichever one you didn't choose. And third, I, again, I would put con just for the same benefits. You, you're, you're really squishy. Right. So dex if you're going for the pilot build. Otherwise, intelligence for the win. Quick and easy. Yep. Um, and Dave, I mean, would you would you say? I mean, pretty much your race selections are pretty much going to be the same there. These are still Dex intelligence yeah, build. Uh, yeah, about. I would say, I wouldn't consider anything else. No, except no. you know, I don't know. I might. Well, never mind. Moncal, 
Oh no, I, I think they have a plus to intelligence. Absolutely. You yeah, know, that, that's just I don't know. I have a little soft spot in my heart for the Mon Calamari. Well, you know, what we're talking about, Alan, you bring up a good point. What we're talking about here is a mechanical choice. If you want to make a role-playing choice based on what race you enjoy, I mean, heck, Wookiees are not suited for this type of work, but, you know, when you make that Wookiee scoundrel, that's a memorable character. Right. And that overcomes any mechanical benefit you're going to get. Play the character you want to play, of course. Right. Of course. Um, in terms of best skill choices, obviously your primary trained skill is either going to be pilot, mechanics, or use computer if you're going to go for that build. You know, if you're playing the ace pilot, go for pilot. Right. You know, if you're playing the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the tech specialist, go for mechanics, use computer, obviously. And following those would be, on, I would rec- actually recommend knowledge technology. Uh, you have all the knowledge skills available to you as a scoundrel, but for that particular build, um, I think knowledge technology fits in rather well. Uh, your best talents are kind of obvious. I don't know that we need to spend too much time on it. Uh, if you're going to play a pilot, the spacer talent tree is just fantastic. Um, the ability uh, to, to do some of the things they can do, you know, the you know, hyper-driven space hound, uh, stellar warrior, they just enhance not only your ability to pilot, but your ability to uh, have a combat pilot effectively. And this is going to relate back again and when we get to our D20 docking bay um, on this episode, talking about uh, vehicular combat and space combat. Right. So, Pretty good, pretty good. Now, for those of you who may not be aware of this, there, there was an errata released at, right about the same time as the book actually hit the shelves. Um, and you can download it for free at Wizards of the Coast website for Star Wars Saga Edition. Um, and the errata contains um, information for a, a whole new talent tree available to scoundrels uh, and, and it's new feats as well. And they open up the opportunity for the tech specialist. So if you're really wanting to play a technical character, you know, a uh, fixer-upper, and I, I played with a with a gal in one of my one of my RPGA groups, so that was the character she preferred to play, and she was extremely good at it. I remember one uh, one game she actually uh, uh, jury-rigged a, 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 a speeder to uh, drive off on its own and slam into a Sith apprentice and drive her off a cliff. And that was a pretty awesome death i must say and uh, something you know that we couldn't do firing blasters at her she was just deflecting uh, it was kind of hard to deflect a uh a speeder, a speeder. <laughs> yeah that's one way to defeat an encounter definitely definitely one way to defeat an encounter and it, it worked rather well rather well so uh, uh big props for that but also in the brand new book the first supplement to uh star wars to swsa to the star wars saga edition role-playing game the starships of the galaxy they thankfully wonderfully thank you wishes of the coast have taken virtually everything they put in that errata and have published it on these beautiful crisp black and white pages right and uh, it's it's all right there so if you don't want to download the errata and you don't have a computer or can't access a computer and in which case, I wonder why you're listening to the podcast. But if you if you can't, you can purchase this book and have access to everything. So that's fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to best feats for the Space Monkey. Uh, honestly, uh, this is kind of a toss-up for primary. Uh, I would say skill focus, though, would be your primary, depending on what you want to what you want to go for. Skill focus, pilot, getting that bonus to the pilot check is pretty darn good. Um, if you're making that that mechanical guru, you know, skill focus mechanics, skill focus use computer. If you're making a slicer, kind of hard to beat that. Um, it, this may not be as important for the for the tech specialist or slicer builds, but if you are playing that ace pilot, grab vehicular combat. It's a fantastic feat um, that has limited uses, but when you can use it, you know, use it. You know, you got that awesome pilot check. Take advantage of it. And of course, uh, take a look at the tech specialist feat that's in the errata as well. It's going to allow you to make some awesome modifications on the fly, as well as do other stuff and use uh, that skill, your you know, your mechanic skill in combat effectively and that just makes it so much more fun in my opinion yep 
Yep. I tend to agree. What's the third what's the third bill we're looking at, Dave? Uh last one is the one we lovingly call the Jack of All Trades. Or the hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster build. Nice. This is the uh, what what I consider. You know, I think people say you know maybe Han Solo has a little bit of the striker in him. Maybe he's got a little bit of the space monkey in him. You know, he's a pilot. He's a fighter. I consider him a jack of all trades. Um, although I think, as you mentioned earlier, I think the ultimate jack of all trades in terms of of this is probably going to be Lando. Uh, this is the the scoundrel who just gets by in the galaxy based on wit, guile, a knack, or or just simply pure luck. Um, that that type of character, and this is a wonderful role-playing character. Um, the character you can really sink your teeth into and have a lot of fun with. Um, the character who always you know, just pulls the right situation out of their butt, always makes the right skill check, you know. And uh, I would say, I think you may agree, Dave. More than any others, this particular build was, can act as a face for the party. Right. Um, if, if a noble isn't if available, you don't have a noble, um, right? And you know, I, I think it's a really good idea. And as such, I think the best stat choices for this build are going to be a toss-up between intelligence and charisma. Um, charisma definitely if you're going to be working as a face for the party. If you're going to be using that deception, if you're going to be using that persuasion, definitely pump your charisma up there. Um, intelligence for, for everything else. Another thing I like about the jack-of-all-trades is the these are, uh, and we're going to get into this in the talents, there's a lot of ability that scoundrels have to totally disrupt the movement of your opponents and the abilities of your opponents. And I think a jack-of-all-trades can focus on that really well. So pumping your intelligence up to help with that might be a really good idea. Right. And then lastly, I would probably put dex in there because, you know, not only for your reflex defense, but uh, it'll also help with the with the skills since you're going to be more of a skillful uh, scoundrel being a jack-of-all-trades. You so always the, need you know, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, in terms of best races, I think you know. I think you, know, you mentioned a human, obviously, just for is sort of our default. Right. But uh, I think one of your favorite races also makes an excellent jack of all trades. Oh, you'd be speaking of the Twi'lek. The Twi'lek uh, <laughs> with the head tails. Yes, yes. Um, their bonus to charisma makes them fantastic. Um, and again, it is worth noting that no race has a bonus to intelligence and charisma. It's kind of one or the other. So if you're building the jack of all trades, you know, go go for a race that's going to be, you know, either a bonus to charisma or a bonus to intelligence. You're not going to get both. But uh, I don't know. I just think Twi'lek scoundrels have a have a, a special place in the films and uh, are are rather cool. That's right. And plus, they can get away with saying that they have to go wash their tentacles. They can guess. They can get away with saying they have to go wash their genitals. And what a great way to get out of, you know, a stormtrooper altercation, really. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of your best skill shows choices, if you're serving as a, a face for the party and a jack of all trades, um, I think deception and persuasion are just, just about perfect there. Um, you know, you're going to be the person who has contacts, the person who has connections, the person who gets things done, right. um, you know, when, when a noble can't, or maybe through um, more duplicitous means. So I think that's fantastic. Also, I think gather information should go up there. Mm-hmm. Few people ever train and gather information, and it's such a useful skill. Now, I do want to note, and this, this is kind of important, if you do plan to gather information frequently, um, keep your credit chip up, because I remember, Dave, you were, you were kind of like, what, when, when we played last, and, and uh, unlike other systems, uh, there are mechanics specifically outlined for gather information. You can't just make a gather information check without um, uh, an expenditure of credits. 
Right. Which uh, which is uh, kind of kind of unusual, but uh, the credit uh, expenditure can actually be pretty pretty steep depending on the level of information you want to gather, how secret it is, and such as you wine and dine and schmooze people. And I would definitely recommend synergizing with persuasion if you're going to go for gather information, because as is outlined in the haggle section of persuasion, you can make a persuasion check to reduce the amount of credits you have to spend when gathering information. Yep. Um, that's a little complicated, but important. And uh, lastly, great skill choice would be any of the knowledges. Uh, knowledge bureaucracy, knowledge galactic lore. Um, it's not listed in the play, in, in the actual uh, Star Wars you know, uh, saga role-playing game core rulebook, but I know a lot of GMs who actually add a knowledge skill just for role-playing purposes, which is uh, a knowledge you know, underworld, which was kind of a throwback to one of the earlier editions, um, which covers the whole gamut of stuff, and that might be a fun option as well. Uh, in terms of best talents, Dave, um, what, what, what do you what do you like for this build? You know, when you think of when you think of you know a lot of Hans' work or a lot of a lot of Lando's stuff, what what kind of talents come to mind? I'm still thinking about the misfortune misfortune talent tree, uh, especially when you talk about disruptive. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and then as you get get further, walk the line. Um, I think I think that's fantastic. I mean, and and keep in mind, especially now, this is very situational. Now we did noble last week, all right, and and you know you talked about you said you want to make a noble for our coming game, and one of the best abilities they have is the ability to provide you know these amazing bonuses to the people on their on on their side, you know, all these morale and insight bonuses, and I think disruptive is awesome, and everyone overlooks it because it it can just suppress those bonuses for a period of time. Right, and, right, right. It's yeah, kind of, I, I think that's incredible. It's kind of like a debuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If you want to think of it in, in MMO terms, yeah, it, it's definitely almost, almost like a debuff. So you can you can serve as that, and that's that's pretty neat. Um, what else would you recommend? Oh, lucky shot. You know your yeah. fortune talent tree. Um, maybe be I like a knack too. Gambler, you know that sort of <laughs> stuff. You know, I mean, uh, more along the lines of the face type. Uh, you know what you what you'd consider about being the the, the face of the party. Yeah, I, I like. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Lucky Shot is fantastic, and this is wonderful to apply, um, not only to just that 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 striker build, but also to this because I don't know. It's one of those things that when you can just reroll the attack roll, it's sort of a, I don't know, this vagabondy thing to do. Hey, and I like Knack because it really increases your ability as a skillful character. It means that you can you know pull skill check out of your butt when you need to, and that's really useful. As for a gambler, it's a lot of fun and it's it's really situational. Um, but one thing, and be sure to check with your GM if you do this. I have gamed with GMs that do really, I mean, although the gambling rules are presented there right in black and white, there's a beautiful sidebar on page 47 of the core rulebook that talks strictly about how to gamble. I know some GMs that will not allow you to gamble right. um, just because, you know, they, it's like, okay, well, let's get on with the adventure. No, I'm gambling. I'm making credits. Uh, so it's, it, it's interesting. But at the same time, I played a game a while back where we had a gambling scoundrel who, that was how, I mean, goodness, that was how we got off a planet. He, he, he seemed, do you, do you remember that? He, uh, he he raised money for the ship. Yep. And that was um, that was that was pretty neat. Well, that was so, quite some time ago, but yeah, I remember. That was, that, that, yeah, that was that was some time ago. But uh, and lastly, in terms of best feats, I still think skill focus is wonderful. Uh, depending on the the type of the type of person you're playing, if you're playing that face, you know, skill focus deception, skill focus persuasion is wonderful. An often underutilized feat that not many people use because it's kind of it's kind of cheeky and everyone wants to play the person who blasts people in the face. There's a feat I love <laughs> called coordinated attack. 
Now, you need to have a plus two base attack bonus to take this, but if you're playing that that you know uh, sort of debuffer character, I guess you can say, a person who who, who can help his his party mates pretty well. Um, what coordinated attack allows you to do is it will pretty much auto- allow you to automatically succeed when you make an aid another action, which is a, an underused mechanic, I think, and it can really provide a lot more for that that aiding role. Our group seemed to aid each other quite a bit. They did. They aided each other a really good bit, and uh, seriously, that's a that's a wonderful combat action. Now, on that note, I want to make a point. I know that next week you and I are going to be talking about. We've had an email request from I think it was Ardith, um asking us about proper encounter design and game design, and we're going to be going over some basic points to to make encounter design fun and how to include party members um, in the you know all the party members properly. And aid another action is a wonderful way to do that. Right. And one of the other great feats I would recommend that's not taken very often is strong in the force. Strictly because this type of character, in my opinion, is the kind of guy who gets by on luck, is the kind of person who spends force points rather frequently. And if you're going to do it, rolling a d8 instead of a d6 is kind of a a wise way to go. Sure. Sure. And uh, if you do happen to be force sensitive, um, I'd recommend uh, force boon instead of it, just because more force points is better than stronger force points. But you've got to be force sensitive to take up a force boon. Right. Oh, yep, Absolutely. Pretty much. So that pretty much concludes our, our basic build advice in terms of building a better scoundrel with those those three basic builds. Um, hopefully you can take that in and make a scoundrel you really want to make. But I, I really want to recommend check out the, the errata download if you haven't. And uh, of course, if, you, if you're picking up Starships of the Galaxy, uh, check out the, the new scoundrel talents that are in there. They, they make things a lot more fun, add a, a whole new dimension to the class that's not even in the core rulebook. So. Right, yeah. I yeah, second that. Cool. That's good. Okay, we're running a little bit long on time, and so we were we were going to bring up some of the uh, request items that we've gotten in our Order 66 forum in the request section, but I think mm-hmm. uh, we'll call an audible here, and, and uh, I think you alluded to it. We really want to make this a discussion in and of itself anyway, so yeah. I think what we're going to do is is make this, po- make this uh, topic f- uh, for next week's podcast of building an adventure, we'll talk about GM strategies, we'll talk about rule zero, we'll talk about avoiding TPKs when good games go bad, all that good stuff. Yeah, and we really want to thank Ardith for taking the time to post in the Order 66 request area of the uh, of the forum and and really ask some serious good questions about how to build and run an adventure properly, you know, things that, you know, for, for GMs and players alike. Uh, and although this particular D20 docking bay, which we're about to get to here in a bit, is going to be focused on the, the new uh, book that's been published, um, we already have it set for next week. Um, our D20 docking bay is going to be focused on assigning a CLs, um, challenge levels, for encounters, um, specifically encounter building. Uh, DASIS, uh, we uh, actually came to the uh, forum and posted a question about some real frustration about how to assign non-heroic uh, class levels to, to uh, foes and how to give proper CLs. And uh, we're going to really delve into that in more depth next week as yeah, well. Yeah, and that can get mind-numbing. Rather. And so we're going to give you some good tips and tricks to um, make it easier for yourself and your players, um, as well as some ways to, to overcome some of the ambiguity in the books. That's right. So you do not have Tired Head at the end of the game. <laughs> no. Okay, so it's time to step into the D20 docking bay and... Again, I have a bad feeling about this, but uh, we will call for TK421. TK421. If if he's at his post. If he's at his post. TK421, are you there? 
Hey guys, I'm here, man. Oh hell, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I ain't got much time to talk right now, though. Dude, man, you're on time. I love it. What's going on? You sound yeah. uh, distracted. Oh uh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, we'll. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. Oh man. I'm. I'm near. I'm near the Kessel Run right now, man. And we're. We. We. We got the tractor beam pulled on one of them Corellian Corvettes. We're pulling into the docking bay right now. We're about ready to do a boarding action, man. I am scared to death. I'll tell you what. Uh, you're not gonna be the first one in to get capped by Princess Leia, are you? Who? <laughs> Never mind. Just don't be the first one through the door, dude. That one always dies. Oh, that's a good point, man. That's a good point. I think I'm ready, though, man. I'm ready. And if they break a run, I'm ready for that, too. I spent the last two days on the ship's turret guns doing target practice with Minox, man. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. And that segues exactly into what we're going to talk about. But you sound busy, so maybe we should let you go. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, wish me luck. And uh, you're right, man. I'm not going to be the first one in this time. Yeah, don't do it. All right, dude. Uh, good talking right. to you. Good luck. Later, hosers. Bye, TK. Dude, how perfect is that to segue into the D20 Docking Bay? No kidding. Yes, the D20 Docking Bay, where we're going to be talking about the new release uh, that Wizards of the Coast has put out, the Starships of the Galaxy, the first supplement uh, that they've come out for SWSE. And I happen to think this is a rather fine book. Dave, have you had a chance to see this yet? No, no, I had... Uh... Lots of daughter action going on, so I have not even had a chance to look at it. So I'm going to defer to your wisdom. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I got it this week, and I've spent the week going over it. We we would use it this weekend when we played, and it's just it's just fantastic. Now, we're going to spend some uh, a little bit of time with the D20 Docking Bay talking about two things. We're going to cover a little bit of material on the new book. And we're also going to cover uh, applying some of that material and making a good space battle. Now, I really want to take the time to thank D20 Rockstar, uh, D&D Rockstar, uh, who posted on the forums asking us to talk about this book. And we also got an email um, from one of our listeners uh, who also, uh, also asked us to talk about it as well. So, guys, thanks for bringing that up. And uh, this is a pretty amazing book. Uh, there's a lot of new material in it. I mean, aside from the fact that there is literally a dearth of starships in the core rulebook. I mean, there's only a handful, nothing near compared to some of the material that's been published previously for prior editions. And for GMs, that leaves us a little stymied, you know, we uh, because the the mechanics have changed so much that it, you know, it's okay. Well, if I don't, I, you know, I don't want to make a new ship of my own or just make something up if I don't know the new mechanics. Well, there's a lot of ships in here, and I mean a lot. And uh, that reason alone makes it a valuable resource. But the first couple chapters of the book aren't even about that. Uh, there is a, a, pretty much a whole new set of feats um, and talent trees, a whole new talent trees uh, for many classes, uh, from you know the, the scoundrel, the noble, all, all, all as, well, as well as some others. But what I really like about it is that they go in-depth into new uses for existing talents, new uses for them in starship combat. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit as well when we get into <clears throat> when we get into making a good space battle. But by far the most exciting new feature of this book is what are called Starship Maneuvers. And uh, this is just awesome. If you're making a good pilot, these maneuvers are basically force powers <laughs> for your starship without having to be force sensitive. And what I mean by that is that they're per-encounter abilities that you know you can use it once per encounter. And of course, just like a force power, you learn it multiple times, you can use it multiple times per encounter. And just like force powers, you take a feat called Starship Tactics that allows you to learn these maneuvers. And there's some pretty crazy, amazing ones out there. Uh, things like the Akbar Slash and uh, the Corellian Slip. Um, you know, engine Hit, I Have You Now. You know, intercept, the, the Dark Lighter Spin, you know, for those who are fans of Biggs. 
Um, and there, there's just dozens of them, as many of them as there are force powers, really. And we're not going to go into too many of them. You really need to buy the book and take a look for yourself. But they allow starship combat to become a lot more dynamic and a lot more fun. They pretty much add a whole new dimension to it. So grab the book. It's an amazing resource, and you're going to get a lot out of it. You know, we it's funny it's funny that this book comes out now because one of our last adventures that we had was uh was a space battle where we uh, summoned a boarding party and of course my wookie led the whole thing uh, with his vibro axe but you know it, it's just funny that we we do that adventure with really no guidance whatsoever and then this book comes out. Yeah, I know. And uh, the GM did a fantastic job in that of really ad-libbing and making a good adventure, but now he doesn't have to ad-lib. The rules are there. Now, i got to give the, that GM props, and you know who you are if you're listening, for making what I consider to be a really good space battle. And there are a few tips and tricks I've learned GMing um, and, and, and playing that would that make for a really good space battle, and we're going to talk and uh, real quickly about that and spend uh, some time sharing some of our favorite techniques and, and favorite you know uh, other things. Now, I will say this more than anything else, and perhaps you'll agree with me, Dave, a space battle is really dangerous. Yes. Um, things happen to you when you're on a ship. You can get, I don't know, sucked out of an airlock with your entire party. Um, <clears throat> uh, which, let's uh, not go there again. We're not going to go there again, but it's dangerous. Things can happen. Oh, wait. And You know what? I do need hmm. to go there again. And by the way, UGM, you know who you are? You suck. Okay, I'm you done. You suck. Okay, as long as you're done. Okay, I'm I'm done too. I'm done too. Well, that was a situation that came up just through different things. But one thing that GM did not make the mistake of, and that I'd like to encourage people to do, is large ships. Larger ships tend to equal zero TPKs in most cases. A lot of GMs like to give their players starfighters. You know, oh god, here you go, guys. Here's a bunch of X wings, you know, or here's a bunch of you know, uh, you know, little A wing fighters or Y wings. You know, get out there, you know, and all that. No. It's it's a lot of fun. It's very cinematic until but, you get blown out of the sky with one shot. Until, until, exactly until you get blown out of the sky with one shot, and that's the big thing. These ships are very squishy, and just like the cinematic vision, uh, one shot, one kill. You know, one good hit on a, a starfighter, you know, a little one will usually blow it out of the sky, and you with it. And you, know, you can be uh, an amazing uh, PC, you know, with 20 levels, but you're, you're going to be kind of, uh, you know, SOL in the vacuum of space. That's right. And here I'd like to pause to remember Porkins, Red Six. Okay, poor I'm Porkins. done. Poor Porkins. Uh, poor Porkins. You know what always bugged me about that? They kept telling him to eject, eject, eject. You yeah, know? I know. Where, well, like, where's he going to eject to? I don't know. I mean, I mean, he. Well, one thing, he couldn't reach his eject button because nobody really <laughs> knows. Nobody really truly knows that he had a bucket of KFC in there. Really? Yeah, and you know, good, I, good for Porkins. Yeah, I don't but know. But the thing is, you know, if he ejects to space, so what's going to happen? He's just going to float in space and just sit there forever while they take off? Or maybe he'll he'll land on the Death Star, and then they blow it up. You know, what's going on, Porkins? No, it's no win for Porkins. So, anyway, but basically, have your PCs in a large ship together. It's going to be much more dynamic. You know, even even a little, you know, if you want if you want to get, you know, one of the little uh, one of the little Corellian numbers, you know, I mean, nothing huge like a Corvette. These larger ships are just going to make things so much more dynamic. Something as simple as, like, one of the YT series, like the Corellian YT-1300, which, of course, is the ship that the Millennium Falcon is, you know, based off of. It is a, a heavily modified YT-1300. Or in the later series, the YT-2000 or the YT-2400. Um, these are these are great ships that can house a large party and can allow every party member to take a piece of the action. Um, and this is kind of also what we want to move into in terms of building a better space battle. 
if you want, one of the reasons GMs like to give every party member a single starfighter is so they all have a role. Yeah, and you know, and that's kind of the thing. But you can have a role on a large ship, and what's more, a large ships actually going to fit the roles of the party better. If you have, you know, obviously, if you have, you have a, perhaps a scoundrel, you know, who's an ace pilot as well, you know, and and, t- and takes that, you know, that spacer talent tree and is is at the helm constantly. If you have ranged combatants, although they're not going to be as amazing perhaps as they are with their heavy blaster pistols or their their you know repeating heavy blasters. Uh, you know they're going to be pretty decent when it comes to putting them in a, you know in a quad laser turret on the ship, and you know that's going to be a role for them. And so it's one of those things they can still serve that role. At the same time, adding dynamics in a ship to ship battle when your ship takes damage, and there's rules for this. They're beautifully thought out rules in the the Starship chapter, um, talking about about space combat. And it goes into it a little bit more as well in this new supplement book, talking about how you know moving your ship down the condition track as it takes damage, you know, killing shields, things of that nature. And a mechanic or a, a really skillful character, a you know, a tech specialist, can use their abilities in the thick of things to just fix that ship and bring it back up. And it's just so cinematic, you know, when you figure, you know, the the Millennium Falcon is you know running from all these Tie Fighters, you know, do- dodging in and out of an asteroid field, you know. And at the same time, you've got you know R two and and you know the Wookiee and Han in the back trying to fix the hyperdrive. You know, or or get the you know the rear shield battery back up. It's just you know all these things happening at once, giving your players a, a place to be and and a job to do. Uh, you, when you're in a large ship, a, you know a larger ship, a mid to large ship, you can provide those skillful characters with creative and and uh, party oriented actions that can make them feel important and let them perform their role without having to have them sit behind a pilot console or behind the the, the you know a laser turret. And and that's just really important. Absolutely. And then Dave, as you can remember from our our last wonderful uh, wonderful session, the other thing I can recommend um, is a boarding party scenario. Sometimes you're going to have characters that simply aren't made to fire a laser turret or fly a ship or fix it. Um, you know, just straight melee characters. And uh, we had a that, that when we played it was just fantastic. We had a boarding party hit the ship while it was in combat, and so we had the pilot, you know, at, at the same time. And this is all happening on the same initiative. We had the pilot, you know, you know dodging, you know, uh, incoming Tie fighters and attackers. We had two range combatants on laser turrets firing away. We had a mechanic fixing the ship, and then we had a you know our Jedi was just going nuts, slicing up the boarding party that was trying to take over the ship. And, uh, I mean, that was a really memorable fight. I, I think you'd agree, Dave. It was fun. And plus, it was in an asteroid field at the same time, and we wound up <laughs> on their ship by playing uh, playing possum and docking with them. And, and then all yeah, of a sudden, after things got really was, bad. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was great. It was it was utterly fantastic, and um, I, I just it, you know it, being creative. But the key thing to remember is that it, a a ship to ship battle or space battle is not one dimensional. It's not ship versus ship. There's so much that can go on. Uh, the ship itself, the inside of it, can become part of the battle. You need to make it such. And other things too. If you have a perhaps a, you know a noble or other things of that nature, the this book goes into wonderful ways to use as i said existing talents in new ways if you have a jedi and you have uh you know force talents you can actually use force talents in new ways with this it, it it's pretty pretty incredible actually you can actually talents like a force haze you know where you can you can mask yourself from somebody if you actually have a high enough check and you you know have high enough hit dice you can actually use force haze to mask a ship you know things of that nature um careful shot dead eye coordinated attack you can apply these things with this with this new rule set or this expansion of the rule set to ship to ship combat as well so even previous 
talent choices or feat choices that may have only been useful in personal combat are now useful in ship-to-ship combat. And it just it opens up a whole new arena. I'm really so, excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just totally excited about it. So I really want to recommend you guys to head out there, give this book a look, pick it up. It's a truly great supplement. I mean, aside from just the wealth of, of ship knowledge that's in it, which is about three-quarters of the book, the new feats, um, the, the, the new material together, the, um, <clears throat> the starship maneuvers, they just add so much. So yep. give this book a pickup. We really recommend it. And here next week, you know, we're going to be talking about building adventures. We can talk a little bit about starship adventures and things like that but really i mean that almost deserves its own discussion for for a later time and and we really want to encourage um anyone who has an adventure that they would like to put on our forum i think uh one of our users has and that name escapes me i believe it's ardith oh okay yeah it is ardith ardith has posted a very nicely detailed um inclusion about about the adventure that he's currently involved in, which I think his his uh, his character he thinks is going to die, and so we might yeah. be able to get a when good games go bad out of him. But uh, I hope so. And we're we're still waiting on more detail for that. I can't wait for, to see the rest oh, of the yeah. posting artists. Oh yeah. yeah, and I I would love to see that, and some of our other users as well. Take the time, if you can, to to send us some details about your adventures because this is the kind of thing that we would love to talk about. Other people, you have no idea how much I enjoy reading about other people's adventures because it's, you know, we sometimes, we as a group, as our little core group of six or eight people, we kind of fall into the same rut sometimes, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And, re- and I think most gamers do. And so when you when you get your ideas out there and you share them with the rest of the gamer nation, you know, it just opens up a wealth of knowledge for everyone to draw from. And that's what makes this type of community wonderful. That's right. And, and for both of us who are in IT, that's what we call mm-hmm. collaboration. Uh, collaboration. Yes. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. The buzzwords continue. Well, speaking of collaboration, uh, we want to again shout out to our collaborators in the gaming nation. Uh, um, basically, DFWD20.com. Uh, again, go there if you're a DFW gamer. Check it out. And uh, also, uh, there's Keith's site, Dave. LetTheWookieWin.com, Keith Let Garrett. LetTheWookieWin.com, Keith yep. Garrett, and uh, that's fantastic. And also, we, of course, want to give a good shout-out to our affiliate uh, at uh, www.screamingbee.com, who provides for us the MorphVox software that we use to make wonderful gems uh, like TK421's uh, little little talks and uh, phone calls from the dark side and many others. So, again, that's www.screamingbee.com. If you're an avid gamer, you use Ventrilo or Skype or any other uh, you know voice system, that's designed to work with multiple MMOs, online games. If you play any uh, any you know online Star Wars games or D and D games, I know there's many file servers and shares out there for that as well. This is something that can add a lot of depth to what you do. That's Fun stuff. Right. That's right. So I and that will just about put the wrap on the Nerf Herder edition, otherwise <laughs> known as Episode Four of the Order sixty six podcast. Yeah, a little long this time, but I think we covered a lot of good info. And again, we want to thank you all for getting on the forums and posting, sharing your ideas with us. And again, next episode, as we said, is going to be entirely devoted to those ideas. Um, we're going to you know, go into some, some real good hot, hot tips and tricks for building an adventure properly. And then, of course, our D20 docking bay is going to focus, as we said, on better CL assignment for your encounters and making your encounters more manageable. That's right. So for another week, and next weekend, uh, need to caution the listeners that we may be a day late with the podcast. My birthday's coming up, and I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff next weekend, uh, again with my daughter as well. So we may be a day late on the podcast. Don't get 
your panties in a wad if we're not right on there Sunday night or Monday. But we will have it ready, we promise. We promise. And with that, peace, love, and good gaming, Gamer Nation. GM Dave, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll see you later. Keep the dice rolling. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at StarWars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at Wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Thank you.